everybody. This is your host, John Tady, and it's time again for Mom on Pop, the podcast where my mom, Bonnie Tady, I couldn't live without her, reviews all manner of pop culture. All Now, sometimes people ask me, is there some manner of pop culture your mom won't review? Hell no. She'll review all manner of pop culture. On this edition of the show, Mom reviews the season premiere of Curb Your Enthusiasm. We judge the etiquette acumen of newspaper columnist Miss Manners. And as always, Mom shares stories from home. And that's where Mom comes from right now, our family home in New Hampshire. Hi, Mom. Hi, John. Wasn't it nice to get back on the air? And what a wonderful response we got from the loyal listeners. I told you they'd be there for you. You did. You did. I was skeptical, but you were right, as always. See, because once you put something in your podcast app, it never, you know, you're not going to go back and (laughs) delete it because it's just not showing up. And so suddenly all these people said, oh, my God, mom and pop showed up in my uh, in my podcast feed. It was really fun to hear from them. And boy, I got a lot of feedback about those. It's it ice cream sandwiches. Well, I imagine the truck will be pulling up any <laughs> moment now. <laughs> but, I, you know, you didn't try one. I wish you'd tried one because it's become a thing now. People want... Now, I, I'll tell people, if you didn't listen last week, I briefly mentioned these ice cream sandwiches that I'm hooked on right now. They're called It's It. That's, that's just what they're called. And I said they come in vanilla and mint well. As it turns out, they come in many other varieties, uh, green tea, strawberry, cappuccino, and I've got to try these now. Don't you want to try these, Ma? Well, I'd like to try them now, but you know, like you you get two flavor, flavors at Mariano's in Chicago, so I'm sure they'll be here sometime in this century in New Hampshire. <laughs> yeah, New Hampshire's a little behind the curve when it comes to new products, although this... Uh, this ice cream sandwich has been around for like a century, apparently. No, are you kidding? It says on the package, it's a San Francisco tradition since 1928. Well, I've never heard of it. And you know, I'm pretty up on all that stuff. Yeah, I know. I was surprised uh, surprised to surprise you with the It's It. Uh, but yeah. Mom wouldn't try it. So uh, let's move on. Mom, what's going on in your neck of the woods? Well, there's so many nice things going on. You know, my sister is visiting here, and we we went out shopping today. Oh yeah, and that was that's always a lot of fun. Shopping good, for what? Well, we just went out. We we were going to try a different street on not street, but a different end of Concord that we usually don't <laughs> go to. So right. yeah, we were really venturing out here. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, so we we went to uh, Gibson's bookstore. Okay. Which is a very, very lovely bookstore. Yes, it it's, is. Well, it's all brand new, and it's huge, and it's it's just it's just what you want a bookstore to be. It's not like Barnes and Noble. It's they have everything. They have everything you could want, and we must have spent oh over an hour in there browsing the books and the stationery and the toys and the games. I mean, it's just it's just packed with interesting, nice stuff. There's a whole table of You Heard It on NPR books. Oh, and there it's you just, go. It's wonderful. It's just wonderful. And we spent all this time in there, and I have to tell you, my sister, I think, came out. I got books and tchotchkes and things, and my sister came out with one thing. And I would make you guess what it was, but you would never would. 
she came out with plastic throw up. <laughs> what? What possessed her to want fake vomit? I guess she thinks it will be quite funny. What a place to pick it up, too, the nice bookstore. I know. A place filled a with book. learning and yep. edification. Yep. And she comes out with, with uh, fake puke. Yep, that says on it, if you sprinkle it with water, it will look even more realistic. Oh, there's, <laughs> there's a hot tip for the listeners. <laughs> Dry fake puke ain't fooling anyone, but yeah, sprinkle That's a little right. water on there. Does she Make have plans for the fake puke? I don't know. I don't know, but I I kept saying to her, my God, I can't believe we came shopping and all you're going home with is is fake puke. I just, I just, I can't wrap my head around that. <laughs> she, she didn't seem phased by it at all, though. Also, I would like to say that my sister is not eight years old. Right. Yeah, in fact, she's, you're the young one. <laughs> I'm the baby. Yes. Fake puke is a purchase I would expect you to make, not your sister. Oh. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think I could fool Dad with that. <laughs> yeah, you were about to protest, but I think I, I had was, you pegged. I was. Yeah. But I thought, don't be a phony. You've been dining out with uh, Auntie Carol in town? No. Oh. Well, we went to, we, we went to the, uh, well, we're going to talk about that later, I guess. Or are we going to talk about it now? Well, you said before the show that you had a restaurant story, so I was trying to set you up, uh, you know, somewhat elegantly for that, but you've really torpedoed that whole plan now. Yeah, yeah. Clumsy work. So back. do you have a restaurant story or not, I do Mom? have one, but let me tell you. Let me tell you. We went to Boston, and we saw your brother, Merrick, and what a, what a wonderful host he is. And we went to the aquarium. Oh, I love the aquarium. It's a great aquarium. And they were cleaning the rocks. They were putting this foamy stuff on with brushes on the rocks where the penguins live. Mm -hmm. And the penguins were still trying to get on the rocks. And they had to, it was kind of tricky um, <laughs> to keep them off the rocks. But they're very entertaining. They're very vocal. I love the penguins. The penguins are really cute. Else. Yeah. Well, I don't love the anaconda. I don't. I don't love him. Oh, they got a snake in there? They do, and it's huge. It's so huge that its body, like, falls over the branch that it's laying on. Oh, it's just disgusting. It's just, it's really disgusting. Now, Ugh. the Boston, it's called the New England Aquarium, right? Okay. Um, and uh, that's the, that aquarium has that enormous cylindrical tank that goes up yeah. almost the whole height of the aquarium, right? Yeah. The, right up the center of it. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's always so striking. It's, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. And they were giving a big sea turtle shots while the day we were there. Oh, shots for what? I'm guessing not rabies, but I don't know. Okay. Is this your restaurant story? Did you eat something at the aquarium, Mom? You're not supposed to do that. <laughs> Wait, let me just tell you. As you come down the big cylinder... <laughs> oh, okay. the, there's windows that are sponsored by different people, mm -hmm. you know, in, in memory of Harry and Gladys, so and so. And then you come to a window that's sponsored by Legal Seafood. <laughs> I see. Legal Seafood, in case people don't know, being uh, one of the most well-known uh, seafood restaurants in Boston. That strikes me as hilarious. <laughs> and nobody seems to... Notice that. I don't, maybe people don't read those signs. I don't know. 
But anyway, we went over and then had lunch at Legal Seafood. <laughs> <laughs> Everything yeah. that dies overnight is on the menu That's over right. at Legal Seafood That's the right. next day. And Johnny, we had the most incredible waitress. And I'm, I'm going to tell, tell you about her, but you tell me if you've ever had this waitress, okay? Okay. She's the kind that comes over to the table. How are you ladies today? All stooped over so that her head is yeah. at your level. Yeah. Is she, so is she kneeling? Does she kneel on the ground like the... Oh, God. No, I hate that. Yeah, that's I the worst. That. No, she's just bending over like we're toddlers that need, okay. need to see her face and watch her mouth. Big smile. Okay. She comes back two minutes later and says, can I give you some, would you like water or sparkling water? Oh. And, you know, I just want a Coke, you know, could you? Okay. <laughs> she could, so she comes, she came back, Johnny. I, I'm really not exaggerating. She came back throughout the meal, I would say 15 times. It seemed like she came back every two minutes and stooped over and said something all silly. But the coup de grace was when we were signing the check, she goes over to this podium and brings back two paper sort of placemats and says, now let me just put these on the table so that it looks pretty while I'm signing the bill. What? Yes, it was so weird. So we decided that she must be on some kind of drugs, but we are at a loss as to what kind she might be, what would make somebody act like that. Mm. So she put placemats down when you were finished and about to leave. While I was signing the bill. And But, but she thought you were getting started. Did she make a mistake or was it on, on purpose? No, it was, it was on purpose. She saw, she saw the pen. She saw the... Yeah. The, um... You know, yeah. She was probably just stoned, Ma. Do you think so? She well, was awfully happy. Yeah, the happiness points toward that, but the fact that she came by 15 times and was diligent does not point to that. Okay. So maybe, so maybe that's just her. stoned with, oh, little OCD or something? I don't know. My guess is no, that it's know. just her. I don't think she was stoned. Okay. She's just a weirdo. Because we don't know... I mean, my sister and I are not real good about the drugs, so we just sort of settled on meth because that sounded good. <laughs> well, maybe. But I don't really know what people act like on that. Yeah. Is that what you mean when you say you're not too good about the drugs? Yeah. What is good about it? So you're not saying you're bad about the drugs because you don't take them. You don't well, wish that I you were more of a druggie. <laughs> right? <laughs> All right, before we move on to the review, I just want to check in and see if there have been any post office dealings, because it's a staple of the show, and I know that that last week you were trying to avoid friendship with the new postmaster. Have there been any developments on that front? I guess it isn't really with the postmaster. It's with the post office in general. I just don't know how uh -oh. such a government agency can be so really... I really would like to use the F word up, but I'm not going to because I'm just not going to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But they are messed up. They are messed up. I sent a package to Chicago. I thought it would almost get there overnight because Chicago, right? Right. We're in the podunks, but 
Chicago. So I took my tracking number to the post office today, and the woman says to me, there was a problem with the address. And I used the address you gave me. Yes, the correct address. And so she said, well, you put your return address on it, didn't you? And I said, well, yes, because you won't mail it unless I do. Mm-hmm. And she said, well, it'll probably be back tomorrow or Saturday for sure. Oh, and then I find out the package is, in fact, delivered yeah, today. Yeah, sitting right here. So I have no faith in those people. <laughs> well, everybody makes mistakes. Oh, my God. No, no, I don't know. It got here, didn't it? That's, a, that's all that matters. That is not all that matters. I spent the day thinking the package is not going to be timely now, and I've been coddling it in my mind all the way there, and now I have to worry, where is it? Is it lost? Is is someone using it that shouldn't be? Yes, it was a whole day of angst. Describe the process of coddling a parcel in your mind, Mom. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> well, I'm sending it along with good thoughts okay. and warm thoughts okay. and, and, you know, loving thoughts. Of course. And then the post office just crashes down on your head. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, you do I not understand I just don't think you this. were. No, I don't. Because I don't think you. Yes, you had a momentary cause for alarm. But then the package All got day. there. They did their job. You know you can't trust the postal tracking. They're always oh, like, eh, it updates a few God. days later. They, they, they can't well, be who, bothered. I want to know who is, who is updating. Who's in charge of updating? Mm-hmm. It's probably one guy. It's just one guy updating the tracking for every package in America, and he's a little overtaxed, and here you are dumping on him. Well, that is my right as an American. <laughs> it sure is. <laughs> when I'm paying 49 cents a stamp, I want service. Shall we move along to uh, your review of Curb Your Enthusiasm? Yes, sir. Okay, let me set it up. After a six-year absence, HBO's resident curmudgeon Larry David is back with another season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. The quasi-biographical show chronicles the social missteps and scattershot misanthropy of the Seinfeld creator, who's sort of like a Scrooge McDuck for the Sunset Boulevard crowd. Here's a clip. Hey! Hey! What? Why didn't you keep the door open? Oh. Um... No, no after you. I, I... I didn't really get an after-you vibe. Well, why not? I'm a woman, aren't I? Yeah. Really? Well, I, I just didn't think you were the type who would want a guy to hold the door open What for type you. am I? You know, you're a type. You have uh, short hair, you wear a tie, you got a vest. It's a, it's a look. So you looked at me and then let a door shut on me. I thought you might not want that. That's all. I was just trying not to offend you, and yet I wound up offending you, which is quite ironic. It is ironic, because um, I would have enjoyed the door being open for me. And you know what I mean? Also, there was some distance involved, too. So I would say type plus distance. Oh, you have an equation? Yeah. You have an equation for the body. Yes, it's a mathematical equation. Type plus distance equals no door hole. Where did you get that equation from? Uh, I made it up. Curb Your Enthusiasm airs new episodes Sunday on HBO. Mom, what's your enthusiasm for the return of Curb? I cannot give this enough 
praise. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, I had a good time, too. Tell us what happened in the premiere of the new season, the first one in six years. Well, the very first thing that I made notes about, and this has happened to all of us, he was in the shower and he could not get the gel cap to release and work for him. I loved this. This drives me crazy. I never know which way to twist that thing so that the nozzle pops up. And sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> sometimes, right. No matter which way you twist it, it doesn't come up. Oh, I, right. I sympathized with Larry so much here. It reminded me of the episode when he was trying to get into one of those um, plastic uh, blister pack type things. You know, <laughs> like a new electronics and he was trying to yes. get into it. <laughs> Oh, my God. I I think everybody that was sitting at home said, <clears throat> yep, yep, no, I've had that happen. Yeah. So you were sold within the first 60 seconds then. You better believe it's the it. first thing that happens. First thing that happened. Every, every character that came on was spot on and excellent, I thought. Characters such as? Susie, who I love. Susie Essman, yes. You got Jeff Garland and Susie Essman, the uh, the married couple who hates each other. They're still together, though. Do you love Susie because she reminds me? Uh, she reminds you of you. I am not like that. Well, you're a bit of a firecracker, you must admit, Mom, and so is Susie. You don't use the F word nearly as much, but no, no. You should save that for special occasions. Yeah, she's but she seems like she's always in a bad mood. I am not always in a bad no, you're, mood. No, you're usually in a very chipper mood, in fact. I thought if anybody was weak, it was Jeff, Larry's manager. Oh, really? But, you know, he was a very okay, too. Very okay. Well, I'm sure, I hope he's listening. His heart will be warmed by that. Um, so, Larry writes, has written a musical called Fatwa. Mm-hmm. That everybody's interested in, yep. which is such a ridiculous idea. It's so funny, <laughs> and this and the but all the side parts were hilarious. The the hairdresser that he's deciding, and you know, this is this is the minutia of it that I think most of us kind of go through every day. You know, maybe the timing isn't quite right to hold the door for someone. Should I wait? Should I forget it? And then you look back, and now you're sort of committed to holding the door. And this happens to Larry. He assesses it and says, nah, I'm not going to hold it. <laughs> right, and immediately gets in trouble for it. But yes, I love And this is really what Larry's best at. He's been doing it since the Seinfeld days, is to identify these social transactions, almost, that we all instinctively process, but never really explicate. You know, we never really right. talk it out the way he has to when he's confronted by this woman. And his reasoning is that she was too far away. And he also explains somewhat abashedly that she she's wearing a tie and a vest. And he decided and she doesn't that, need him to hold. It. Right. He decided she that she's the type of person who might be offended by it, in fact, which you could kind <laughs> of understand. Well, it's true. It's true, and I'll tell you, I've been up to the pharmacy when you think, all right, I'm going to hold the door, and then you realize somebody is moving yeah. slower than a, a hundred-year-old turtle. And the thing is, sometimes you become, 
an imposition on them because then you're standing there holding the door and they like <laughs> feel the need to speed up so that they're right. not overburdening you. Right. It's a it's a delicate calculation. And um, Larry said his equation was basically his judge of her social beliefs uh, married with the distance. And he calculated that she would he did not need to hold the door. So this plot proceeds uh, to he gets his hair cut by this woman and she is a lesbian and she's getting married soon and she's going to be the bride. <laughs> And um, her uh, partner is going to be the groom. And I think that Larry is one of the very few people in the culture who could pull off a plot line like this, where Larry says, you're not the bride, you're the groom, she's the she's the bride. But just by looking right. at pictures of them, right? And how, you know, traditionally feminine each one looks. Now, this is sticky territory here, and oh, I just yeah. love watching Larry navigate it. And I don't think there's many comedians who could pull it off. Do you agree yeah. with that? I do. I do, because he has... He has a way about him that's um, innocent. Right. And, Somehow and innocent. So he, that's right. It, but it isn't. I mean, it's it has a lot of thought in it. But it's what is the right word that I'm? You know, it's not malicious. Right. Although he is a misanthrope at the same time, it's it's really ineffable why he can get away with it. I think innocence yeah. kind of gets at it. Um, he doesn't. It's it's like Larry's just trying to get through his day. He doesn't mean anybody any harm. He's not that kind of misanthrope. He just can't be bothered uh, by niceties, I guess, is it. Well, on the other hand, his friend Richard Lewis, right. his parakeet dies, <laughs> and he decides, well, I'm going to send him a little text. So he sends him a little text about his parakeet that Larry thinks is a little... Funny. Mm -hmm. And it is. I think so, at least. Well, it, it is if you're not the person that liked a parakeet that died. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's a little insensitive, I suppose. When all is said and done. And Richard Lewis is very upset about that. <laughs> yeah. I enjoyed the episode very much, and I imagine people who have never seen the show must be a bit baffled at this point, because we've described plot lines where he can't get the top of his soap to open up, um, he interferes with a lesbian marriage, and he makes his friend whose parakeet died angry. People must be thinking, what the hell kind of show is this? That's the kind of show it is. Uh, I, so... A director here on the show is a big Larry David fan, uh, but he wasn't quite so thrilled with this premiere because he said that Larry usually makes more effort to tie the plot lines together. And he thought that it was very pat, for instance, the way that Susie just showed up needing an assistant so that Larry could foist his assistant on her, his lousy assistant who he wants to get rid of. Boy, as we're talking, there's a lot that happened in this episode, huh? Uh, it was a, it, there was a lot because we haven't even talked about his his uh, the man that lives in behind his house became his assistant. I mean, there was a lot in this. Yeah, and I'm going to have to disagree with your friend. Right, my staffer. Yeah, your staffer because uh, I really did think this flowed right into one thing flowed right into the other. I, I really I love this. I loved this so much. I watched it twice. Because the first time I couldn't even take notes. I was just sucked in and I loved it. 
All right. Wow, that's a strong endorsement for the new uh, season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. Mom, uh, give the season premiere, a, I think we all know what it's going to be. It's really just the number of pluses you're going to attach. But what is your grade for the Curb season premiere? I am definitely going to, I would give this an A++, plus plus, I think. A double plus, okay. And uh, if yeah. you're adjusting on the mom scale of excellence, that's like a, <laughs> that's like a normal person's B. <laughs> but mom really there's a and up and then there's d and down in the mom scale right. and there's we rarely end up in between is that right right that's true i i'm, I'm sort of like that yeah, yeah you're opinionated and that's why this show is so much fun all right shall we judge miss manners Oh, my God, this poor woman. Yes, let's do that. Okay. So uh, regular listeners may know that we have a recurring segment called Was Abby Right? Where Mom and I uh, assess a letter that we saw in the Dear Abby column in the newspaper because Mom and I are both 85-year-old women who like to read advice (laughs) columns in the newspaper. (laughs) I am not 85. (laughs) I know. Um, So a little twist this week. We're going to do a Miss Manners letter. Okay. And Miss Manners is a little more prim and chilly than Dear Abby. Uh, so we'll... Prim and chilly? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, my God. I bet when she claps, she exudes ice cubes. <laughs> I think she is... Oh, my God. Prim. She craps oh ice cubes. I am going to remember that one. Anyway. Okay, so here's the letter, and then Mom and I will will tell you if we think Miss Matters was right. We disagreed last week. I'm interested to see what happens this week. Here we go. Dear Miss Manners, am I correct that food, once on my plate, remains my food even if moved to the refrigerator as leftovers? My husband thinks that anything he finds in the refrigerator is fair game, even if it's my carefully wrapped half of a lobster that I couldn't finish the night before. Is this the accepted custom for leftovers? He says if it's in the refrigerator, it's for anyone. Should I buy a mini fridge to keep in my closet? And Miss Manners responds, Would it not be less expensive just to appeal to your husband and ask him not to eat it? Miss Manners hopes that you will not resort to the office break room practice of labeling your food when a short conversation after your meal seems so much easier and would set a far better precedent for marital communication, if not marital sharing, in the future. Okay, so really not much of an answer from Miss Manners. As is typical, I have to say, if you don't read the column, Miss Manners often doesn't really answer the question and just sort of entertains herself for a paragraph, and then we move on to the next letter. Um, Oh, I'm glad you said that, because I thought, what an old snoot she was. Oh, she's always like that, yeah. She really objects to the people who write letters into her column. She she finds them a hassle to be dispatched. (laughs) Plus, it's three people now. Did you know that? Miss Manners is is, um, the woman who has written Miss Manners for a long time, whose name escapes me right now, and like two of her children. It's a team effort now. Oh, is that right? I did not know that. Yeah. I thought this letter was so stupid. This is how I, I do it. If there's something I really don't want Dad to have, I just put it in the vegetable bin. <laughs> That's brilliant. Yes. Then it, it, it never looks in there. <laughs> Doesn't it get all steamy in there, though? Isn't the vegetable bin, like, more humid than the rest of the refrigerator? Or is it less humid? I never know. 
Oh, for God's sake. If it's that good, how long do you think it's going to stay in there? Okay, fair enough. No, I think this is ridiculous. Yes, I think she should get her own little refrigerator and stick it right up her bum. <laughs> I think that's stupid. I think it's stupid, too, because, yes, I think that anything in the refrigerator is fair game. If you're eating fair leftovers, game. you're doing the household a favor. Oh, my God, you better believe it. And who can't finish a lobster, <laughs> for God's sake? Really, why not just force it? It's, it's, you know, unless it's some gargantuan thing from the sea, then anybody can finish a damn lobster. This letter really irritated me. Really? I couldn't tell. Really? And, you know, you're, you're, you're not sharing, right? It's mine as long as it was on my plate. Ugh. What kind of... Ma I think that marriage has bigger problems than uh, leftovers. <laughs> um, well, Miss Manners does imply as much, but she does not... As usual, she does not answer the question, does food remain my food even if it's moved to the refrigerator as leftovers? My answer to that is a hard no. If it's in the yeah. refrigerator, it's for anyone. That's right. If you can't reach it and touch it, it's gone. Or put it in the vegetable bin. Uh, so Miss Manners uh, does not meet with our approval this week. No, I think she's stuck up, and, and I, I don't like her. I, don't, I had to read, I can't tell you, I had to read almost two dozen letters to come up with something that, that I would even bother to talk about. Oh, yeah, it's pretty boring. It's awful. <laughs> uh, it's like, awful. I'd like this jumping around to advice columns, though. What should, what should we do next week? Uh, who else? Well, not, not that sex one. Savage Love? Oh, yeah, there yeah, you not go. That. Dan Savage no. next week. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not that one. Oh, all right. Uh, we could do Ask Amy, but she, she's fine. All right. Ask Amy? Sure. I rarely disagree with Ask Amy. She's pretty down to earth, but let's give it a try because we certainly have right. ragged on Dear Abby long enough. And uh, Miss Matters, I just think it's going to be the same conversation because she's an old fuddy-duddy. She really is. I mean, you know, I, I really expected you to read her letter like this. <laughs> Through your nose because that's what she looks like. Yeah, she. Oh, you saw a picture of her. Does she have a picture in her near her column? Yes. Yeah. Yes. She looks like she's been embalmed. <laughs> wow. I hope Miss Manners is not listening because this is not a very man mannerly review of. I could. Her I. Column. I don't really like anything much about her. Yeah, you've made that pretty clear, Mom. Well, I wanted to be sure people got that. Okay, well, they did get that. Mom, thank you, as always, for your insights. We will be back next week when apparently we'll be taking on Ask Amy. And, of course, we'll have another pop culture review from Mom and all the news from New Hampshire. Thank you for <laughs> listening. We love you. We'll talk to you soon. So much. That's so much. We love you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Bye for now. Bye.